What are we talking about tonight? Ooh, Part this two. Can't, we're in Kansas City. We're still in Kansas Part City. Part two. That's why I'm so comfy right now. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. kind of feel like I'm at home. Kevin Walking Hall. around Kansas City. Part two and of our wild adventure. Hanging in out in Westport City. with Candace yeah, at the bar. Hanging out. <laughs> see what craziness is going. Now I want to start off by saying, because I think this deserves a little bit of, I think explanation, because last time you led the charge, uh huh, and this time I'm leading the charge yes. per your request. Per my request. <laughs> so listen, y'all, like. The last episode was fun. I was like, oh, let me do this one because yeah. I've been around there and I've been, but I don't think that helped. And then I was like, Candace, I like it better when you tell the story. <laughs> I, do, I like it better when Candace tells the story. And I love doing the research. Right. And then she always like blows my mind. So we're going to go to that <laughs> I love the sound of your mind being blown. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Do it all the time. When I love I, it. When I listen back uh-huh. and I, you're just like, what? The <laughs> Highway 77 episode and the um, the Momo, the Missouri Momo yeah. Monster episode. I'm sorry, you guys, but that's, for me, that's, I will <laughs> cherish those two episodes forever. But, and I'm hoping we get more yeah, of that at some point. That. But I'm just, those are my first two really favorite episodes. I generally hate the sound of my own voice and don't want to listen to them. But... Those two, I was writing blurbs for them or whatever, and I listened to those two, and I was just genuinely happy. Like, I was bouncing around like, oh, oh my God, that's really how me and Candace act all the time with each other. So, yeah. Legit. Yeah, so that was fun. That was a good time. It was a great time. That was a good time. So, yes, so now she's doing part two of the Kansas City episode, which I'm super stoked about. Just can't wait to hear all this stuff. It's so fun. Uh, I found some, like, really kind of interesting things and we all now i brought the charger for my laptop so the laptop is charged we will not have but what happened last time my laptop died but when did it die <laughs> well the saint mary's episcopal church it died before we started talking about it yeah we was getting ready to kind of go into it and it died it did and there was something like we kind of were looking into it, and but we like, didn't see eh. much. We were like, but eh. then, and then I was like, no, there's something, yeah, about this place mm-hmm. that I need to really look into. Yeah, and so we it, decided to save it till this episode. Yes, and so then she researched and was like, oh my god, the Saint Mary's thing. Yeah, but we find it ooky spooky that her computer just died <laughs> right before we did it. So we're yes. just like, okay, it's a sign. I guess it's a sign that I just eat. A, we need to talk about this place because I was like, well, I'm gonna go back and look at this, or I just need to remember. To all I got out of it, all of I got, all I got out of it was um, that a priest or something committed suicide. So that's really all I knew about it, <laughs> right? At all. So. So. Um, are we talking about that first, or you don't have yeah, to? I don't know. I kind of want to leave it to last because okay. it's got the like it's a little bit of a longer okay it's very right, cool. interesting no very cool so i'm gonna leave that to last okay so cool. hang in there okay or stick fast a pin in forward it. stick a pin in there <laughs> whatever you gotta do <laughs> so we're gonna skip that and we're actually gonna start out with the epperson house do you okay. know where that's located at where have you ever it? heard of it i have heard of it okay so it's actually now on it's owned by the University of Missouri Kansas City campus. Uh-huh. Okay. So the house itself was built by Uriah Spray Epperson, um, who 
was born in 1861, and he came to Kansas City at the age of eight. So he was born in Indiana, mm. came to Kansas City. He was a banker, industrialist, a philanthropist, and he just was like a really wealthy guy who made his money from insurance and meatpacking. Insurance and meatpacking? Yes. He was... He knew a lot about both of those things. I guess so. Man of many hats. Sure. Listen, I got to tell you this though. Anytime you start off a ghost story with the person's name was Uriah. You're legit. You got an old timey name, friend. Yeah, you do. Pause. I lost my... Is anyone named Uriah anymore? Speaking of bands, there was a band called Uriah Heep. I don't know what that was. They were like from the 80s. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Were they I think they had a hit or something. I oh, think, were they even a one-hit wonder? I don't think they were a one-hit wonder. I think they had more than... I think they had a small following, for sure. Really? I'll have to look them up again. Let's see. I'm sorry. She's she's pausing because she lost her place. I lost my place, and I'm trying to have, um, you know, Jeff here. <laughs> and I'll leave this in here because I always do. As always. <laughs> so, the... I'm trying to get... There's, there was a story about, which I thought was kind of... It was just kind of a strange story, I guess, for for me, because I was looking into it, and it's kind of this classic house in the middle of. Sorry, that's your right. He... Okay, sure, sorry, man. I just had to yeah. Google. <laughs> so the house, so the house it's itself, pretty. it's very pretty. It is. Um, he hired Epperson, who of course the house is named after. Um, Hired like a very fancy, eccentric French architect. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Sorry, Sorry, French folks. <laughs> Sorry, French fans. So, the construction on the house began in 1919 uh. and was completed in 1923 at the cost of $450,000. Wow. So, like I said, this guy obviously, insurance, meat packing, that's where you make the money. Mm. So, um, the house, damn, it was, it's huge, I just want to say. It's quite big. Oh, here it is. It's a four-story Tudor Gothic structure contains 54 rooms, including six bathrooms, elevators, swimming pool, <coughs> billiard room, barber shop, sure. Girl, when your house got an elevator in it, <laughs> you know you live in, you're doing something, right? Okay. Yes. Sorry, I was going about something more modern and up-to-date, but I'm not funny. Why? So, well, no, I just think it's so funny because, yeah, like an elevator in your house is like... I clean. Listen. The okay. peak of... this. I There was a three-story <laughs> three house in Swan Lake in Tulsa, and I cleaned it once or twice yeah. when I worked for a house cleaning company. And talk about... That's a really good job, by the way, if you like... Spirits. If you yeah. can find a housekeeping job where they work more in those older neighborhoods, yeah, I had some really cool, fun experiences. Anyway, um, that house was so funky. Yeah, like, why is there an elevator? And then I would get on it, and I'm thinking, has this thing been inspected? Because it's like a house, <laughs> it's like a house elevator. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, and it was more claustrophobic. I can't explain it, but it was cool. It was cool. Anyway, so I wonder if it's like that. It could be if it's, a, if it's an older home. I mean, how many stories is it? I don't know. It has 54 rooms. Okay. And it's, it looks like it's like up on a hill. Okay. So it's kind of up on a hill, so it might <coughs> go down. down. Yeah. Hmm. 
but it also had a custom organ, which we'll get into. Like and built into the house? It's a custom built organ. Like, yeah. So they built it in there. Mm -hmm. Like you can't take it out probably no. without taking it all apart. No, no, no. Cool. And then a tunnel linking the east and west wings. Well, yeah, because tunnels are cool. Because tunnels are amazing. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. so in general, like he died. Uriah Epperson died, dies in 1927, only four years after the completion of the house. The building was donated to the university in 1942 by his widow and was used as a men's dormitory until 1956. Uh, the Epperson house is currently vacant, apparently, as of, when is this Wikipedia? I don't know. Apparently, when this was written, Wikipedia, uh, mm. it's vacant and awaiting renovations. Now, what I what I appreciate about this Wikipedia thing on this house is uh, that there's actually like hauntings. So yes, apparently, cool. so I'll be on the Wikipedia, itself. on the wiki itself. Nice. nice. So the building is known for its apparent hauntings and secret passageways. Mm -hmm. uh, it was apparently on Unsolved Mysteries as one of the top five haunted houses in the United States. Really? We need to find that episode. Yeah, I, I thought we can. Can we talk about Unsolved Mysteries? <laughs> I, that show, like, whenever that guy came on, mm -hmm. shit was getting real. Uh-huh, yeah. And I just love the... What was his name? I don't okay. know. I love, like, how, like, the stories on Unsolved Mysteries uh -huh. varied. Yeah. So you would have, like, a haunting, UFOs, missing persons. Like, it was never the same thing. Are you looking up the host? I'm <laughs> looking up the host. I'm not listening to you. Keep talking. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Robert Stack? Dennis Farina? No, that guy. That guy. That was him. Yeah. Robert Stack. Robert Stack, him. wherever you be. Cool He's, dude. You're a cool dude. Okay. So, one of the legends involves the ghost of Harriet Evelyn Vars, uh, who was born in 1875 and died in 1922. Mm -hmm. uh, Bars, Bars, I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing the name. I would say Bars. Bars, B-A-R-S. Let's go with Bars. Bars. Pick one of them. Uh, was an organ student. Ah, explanation number yes. one. Yes, at Kansas City Conservatory yeah. of Music. Sorry, I need it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, done. Um, Uriah and his wife um, brought, um, who was born in 1855, passed away in uh, 1939, the wife, Mary mm -hmm. Elizabeth Epperson, brought Bars with them when they moved into the home. They referred to her as their adopted daughter, even though no legal adoption occurred. Okay. Soon after moving into the home, Bars died December 20th, 1922 of a perforated gallbladder at the age of 40, uh, at the age of 47 years old. So she was 47. Mm -hmm. I just think she's kind of old to be someone's adopted daughter. Yeah. There's well, like, and how do you get a perforated gallbladder? I don't know. Uh, before the yeah, so she died before the construction of the organ in the house was completed. Uh, she Wait. had yeah. Okay, listen, I haven't slept in two days. Yeah, you haven't. You can't say perforated gallbladder and then say the organ wasn't completed. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't make organs back then. Can they make organs now? 
Anyway, go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. Bipsy <laughs> custom. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> she had designed the custom organ for the loft space of the 48 square foot living room. I'm sorry, I'm a 12 year old. Every time you say organ, I, that's what it is. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get to trying to skip to the interesting part because now they're just talking about the organ. I don't care. Okay. Uh, supposedly, Uriah had a psych, a psychiatric breakdown after Barth died and murdered his wife and then killed himself inside the house. Therefore, entrapping all their souls together as a family in the afterlife. And then it says parentheses. None of these events actually occurred. <laughs> Uriah did not murder his wife, who in fact survived him or committed suicide. In the 1970s, uh, University of Missouri, Kansas City students reported seeing Bars dressed in an evening gown as though ready for a recital. Campus security guards have also reported strange lights and sounds of organ music at night. Uh. Uh, in 1978, weekend guards began to hear footsteps in the empty building. The best known account of strange activity documented by security guards occurred in May 1979. Nice. So let's get this in our head. It's 1979. 1979. I got my bell bottoms on. Thank you. It's we're still every, wearing those, right? Every, yeah, we're still wearing yeah everything are shades of, in tones of brown. Or avocado. Or orange or an avocado. Avocado, nice. for sure. A patrol officer was parked near the house when he left another, when he felt another vehicle hit his from behind, followed by the sound of shattered glass. The officer got out of the car to investigate, but he found no other car, no Ugh. damage, and no broken glass. Ugh. His car, however, had moved eight inches, as verified by a pair of skid marks. Wow. That's weird. That is quite weird. That's really weird. That's quite... Mm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that story. It, well, I mean, it was so specific, too. Eight inches. Like, he got down with the measuring... Well, yeah, so what did they use back then? A measuring stick. Probably. <laughs> Some even believe that Epperson himself walks the halls. In 1978, the campus police officer reported seeing a an arm in a blue suit coat materialize and turn off the light. Two officers were doing regular were doing regularly scheduled patrol of the building at 2 a.m. As they patrolled, they turned the lights on and off in the house as they walked through various areas. One light, however, remained lit. And then the patrolman saw an arm closed in a blue suit reach out and claw at the switch. The arm and hand then disappeared into the darkness as the lights went out. That's cool. Yeah, that's very, um... Fuck, what's the name of that movie? Lights out. That's the only I can think of right now. No, 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 no. It's um, not Insidious. Mm. It's the other. It's the other um, haunted movies. Oh, with like oh with oh, the with the clap. Um, yeah. Shit, like, Conjuring. Yes, The Conjuring. The Conjuring. Yeah. 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 I've never seen those movies. Right. By the way, no. The first one's really fun. No, I haven't. The I whole... have doll thing after that I mean. yeah I have kind of I guess my issue really lies because I think if I remember correctly those movies have sort of 
a the a portrayal of the Warrens. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I feel like the Warrens in like the paranormal world mm-hmm. are kind of problematic. Oh really? Yeah, because she was a psychic or and then whatever hit the husband, I can't remember his uh-huh. name was there. But I think she was I think I don't know if they were associated with like the whole Amityville house. Or- or the house, mm-hmm. but their but their name is always tagged a certain. I feel like it was. Thing. Yeah, but it. yeah, but then I don't know, and then like we need to probably. Well, they collected all. They have all this holy ghosty thing. Yeah. That's what all Annabelle thing was is that doll was in. Yeah, the, yeah, the and you collection. don't touch the doll. Yeah, yeah. I like, think, the doll was so lame looking to me. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, and it wasn't like a doll like that. It was like a Raggedy Ann doll. It was a big Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, which was way spookier in my opinion. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. A big the Raggedy Ann. The one doll. they used in the movies was like really, come on. Yeah. You know, I don't know. For yeah. me, sorry, I haven't watched them, so I don't really know. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes when I'm bored and I'm out of everything feel, else, I'll watch them. I'll have to look into it. I but feel, I enjoyed The Conjuring. The first one, I actually thought it had some genuine fun scares. Really? Like, yeah. Some jump scares? Yeah. And then there was the the clapping <laughs> thing was a little creepy when it happened. We had the lights out when we were watching <laughs> like, it. Like, yeah. Get yeah. out of here. So, what did you think of The Epperson House? The Epperson House had all the things I love. Secret tunnel. <laughs> An old organ playing in the back. That was a legit haunted house. That's like the old timey wimey haunted yeah. houses that you think of when you're, when you're watching Scooby <coughs> when you're watching Scooby Doo. No, it looks like. <coughs> did you like that? I did. And it's so appropriate for <laughs> this so house, in my opinion. I saw it. and I was like, that's me and Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I had to share it on my story, but yeah, that's what that reminds me of. Like, but the arm coming out was a more modern, and then. I don't know why they would have crashed into the car or what yeah. that would have been. I don't know. There's no story. It's stories. kind of really cool. I like it. Yeah, it's interesting. There's no like I don't there's know no stories about car wrecks in about the yeah or, or yeah. anything like or anyone that. dying in a car there or anything. It's just weird. That's a weird story. That could be <laughs> that could be aliens. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the spaceship bumped into them when they were leaving. I don't know. Possibly. I think uh, <laughs> anything's possible. <laughs> they were in stealth mode. <laughs> I think there was like a big UFO sighting in Kansas City in like the sev- like it was the 70s or I don't know. I know that mm-hmm. I had my little weird experience. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but uh after. But I don't know what the hell that was. So yeah. I'm not going to say the UFO cuz I don't fucking know. You have no idea. It was an identified flying object, I guess. So <laughs> that's technically what it is, and that's what it is. <sighs> and it wasn't just me. It was our friend Chris thought, too. We were just like, what the fuck is that? And yeah. she was, she called somebody about it. I remember you. She always knew who to call. That was so weird. <laughs> she always she miraculously did. was like, I know who to call. Yeah, well, but in fact, then we have Google. <laughs> I'm like, where does she get all this information? You know, I mean, where do you look in the phone book? Well, you know how bad I was at phone books. I left my my glasses at a bar one time, and I did I tell you the story? Okay, the, the day I stopped, I'm gonna just throw this in here really quick, okay? The day because it happened in Kansas City, um, so we're on track. Yeah. The day I stopped using the phone book, uh-huh. I don't know if all of y'all know what phone books are, but they're these things that people used to use to look up phone numbers. Anyway, off so you could look in the business page. You could look under like in the yellow pages. Yeah. You could look. Okay, a bar, right? You bar. left your phone in a bar. Is that what yeah. you would look under? A bar. Yeah. 
Would you look in her? And I thought, well, there's nothing there. Disco tech. I'll try that. <laughs> Disco tech. I, mean, I couldn't think of anything. Did you Club? Look- <laughs> Do you know where I found my motherfucking glasses at? Tavern. At the fucking tavern. <laughs> the fucking goddamn tavern. I threw the phone book. I remember throwing the phone book. I was so frustrated because all I wanted was this fucking number, and I didn't want to spend two dollars calling four one one or what is it? One four one one. Four one one. Four one one. Yeah. Like bah. Uh, Anyway, that's my story. Sorry. That's all right. So. Would you like to hear about the Coates House Hotel? Yes, because I have been by this motherfucker. Yeah. I've seen it. I've been in it. Really? I've been in this. And not only that, I didn't have any weird experiences. I remember just thinking it was very pretty. Like, I really yeah. thought it was cool on the outside. The style of it's really neat. Mm. <coughs> it tastes like some iron work or something. It's, yeah. It's out there. They had a gym in there. Um, I know. I just had a... An acquaintance, like a friend of a friend, yeah. that lived there, and we would go over there every great once in a while. I was, I didn't spend a lot of time there, but I just remember thinking it was a cool place, and I'd love to live there. Right. I remember when I went through there. But anyway, yes, I'd like to hear about the hotel. So this, the first site of the hotel. So I don't think this is like sort of like the first location of it, uh-huh. um, but it did used to actually be a hotel. It's like oh, like every other freaking building that seems to be in Kansas City. It used to be a hotel. Yeah, well, yeah. That's the building I live in, too. Yeah. yeah. But it's on I the, nas- it's the National... It's on the National Register of Historic Places. Mm-hmm. As it should be. It's beautiful. Yes. It's a cool little building. Awesome. So, like, it was built... It was designed in 1857 and uh, by an English architect, John Johnson, who, side note, apparently became the third mayor of Kansas City. Nice. And, um... I guess it was named after, it sounds like it was named after the uh, farmland that was owned by a Kirsty Coates. Okay. Yeah. And then that neighborhood, it later became quality, I guess the neighborhood of Quality Hill. Mm-hmm. At the time, it yep. was 10 blocks south of downtown. The yep. building was unfurnished when the Civil War broke out, and Union forces used the foundations for Calvary ba- uh, Barracks, uh, part of Camp Union. It was originally called the Broadway Hotel, um, and it was owned by an anti-slavery uh, Colonel Schaller Winchell Eldridge mm-hmm. from Massachusetts, um, and blah blah blah, all this stuff. Basically, it was just—it's an old ass hotel. The, the building itself was pretty old. So, Coates died. In 1887, beginning in 1888, his widow and family demolished the original hotel and rebuilt it on the same site and just called it, you know, the New Coats House Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there was a President Benjamin Harrison. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't know all the presidents. Uh, stayed uh, in the addition in 1890 before rebuilding was complete. Um, the building uh, originally had uh, crenelle. I don't know even what is all this. What is that? I don't need all this. Had what? I don't know. I think it just had, I guess, some um, crenellated. Thank you, parapet inscribed. <laughs> don't know what that is. I'm not aware. But basically, I think it's like the design of the building, and it had that the Coates Hotel listed on there. Uh, the new hotel had marble main staircase and offered services, including a barbershop, a florist, a bonnet shop, a bonnet shop, and Turkish baths. Uh, it remained a prestigious hotel for several decades, 
Guests after the reopening included President William McKinley, Theodore Roosevelt, Edwin Booth, uh, William Jennings Bryan, and Oscar Wilde. It was nicknamed the oh, Hotel wow, really? of Presidents. Yeah. Oscar Wilde? Oscar Wilde stayed in this hotel. Really? It was in Kansas City. Yeah. I think, I, and my dad kind of made a, a pretty good point because we were talking because mm. we had an off-air conversation before um, about like vacations. Uh. And my dad said like for instance like Royal Gorge in Colorado. Uh-huh. Been like, there. He, he said he's like that was specifically designed as a tourist trap. Got it. Because okay. like you have a bridge that goes to fucking nowhere. Right, right. <laughs> it's a tourist center. But a lot of this, these small towns like they used to be sort of these like hot hot places you know in kansas city it was sort of that gateway to the west you know uh, like missouri was that so i can see like oscar wilde so sort of i'm looking up oscar wilde in kansas sorry yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he had an interesting time yeah that's pretty cool i um, think he had an interesting time anywhere he went man <laughs> probably so all yeah. right Hmm. Now, I feel like what I'm getting ready to advise of could be the source of this building being haunted. Okay. So, apparently, did you know that there was a fire in that building? No. So, apparently, it it was considered, like, the deadliest fire. It's still, as of... 2014, it was, I mean, obviously, obviously there was something worse that happened, but up until 2014, it was the deadliest fire in Kansas City. Wow. So, on January 28th, 1978, um, by by this time in 1978, the building was in disrepair, and it was primarily occupied by transients and the elderly at $12 to $17 a week. Uh, the hotel was burned out in a fire that started at 4 a.m. in a room in the South Wing. There were approximately 140 residents. More than 100 people were left homeless and 20 were killed. Wow. Mostly by jumping from upper floors to escape uh, I hate that. I... The historic Kansas City Foundation bought the ruined building in 1979. Uh, in 1984... A developer based out of St. Louis bought it and restored it as a middle to high income housing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the company also helped redevelop other areas in Quality Hill. Yeah, so Quality Hill, when I lived there, I forgot about Quality Hill. It's so mm-hmm. funny. But my friend Jody, the one who lives in Texas now, hi, mm-hmm. hi Jody, if you're listening, um, he, he lived in a building, a really tall building. Mm-hmm. I love that apartment so much. But um, you could see this, this building from there. Right. So we could actually look down at it. Like, it wasn't a super tall building, but you could, like, yeah. look down at it. <clears throat> but and I always just thought, that's the prettiest building. Like, I just always drawn to it. I loved it. <laughs> but I did not know shit about any of this. Yeah. So it's really doubly interesting. That's why I was like, oh. I'm like, oh, my God. That's what's so cool about the Kansas City episode is that I, I just ran all over the place there and had no idea how much of history was, yeah. like, the crazy stuff there. So, anyway... Missed opportunities, man. Yeah. The exterior renovation was completed in 1987, mm-hmm. and in 2009, a plaque commemorating Kersey Coates was returned to the building. Uh, there are reports that the building is haunted. 
kids. Mm. Um, it is, of course, today, it's an apartment complex, mm -hmm. as you know. Mm -hmm. uh, reports, uh, residents have reported seeing shadowy figures move about the building, <sighs> hearing strange noises, and having appliances make weird growling noises. Wow. I'm trying to remember walking through there. I have a vivid image of a hallway. Yeah. But I just, that's all I've got. I can't pull anything else. I can't pull the actual apartment. I yeah. just remember thinking the whole thing was very pretty and I loved it. Yeah. But of course, <coughs> it's not hard to believe with the age of the building and the fiery deaths that occurred that spirits would still be lingering around. No, no, it's not at all. I wish I, I wish I'd spent more time in there. I don't know. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah, so that's the, that's the Coates Hotel. Yeah, you know what's cool about it though is I just, I walked in this building knowing none of this right then walked out of the building and then a billion years later or it feels like a billion years later i'm hanging out with you and we're talking about this old building that i ran around in. it's just weird yeah it's really cool i dig it take the time to stop and look around where you're at and figure out some of the history of it it's really cool now i want to explore okc <laughs> even more I'm yeah like, i feel like i cannot wait honest to god yeah Cannot wait to go back to Kansas City after reading all of this stuff. Yeah, after knowing all of this. It's going to be so much more alive. Yeah. I know? think, I don't know, I think maybe like, like my dad, mm -hmm. he is always someone who has a does story. Does that. Mm -hmm. He does that. Like he has, for some reason, he knows like the history. Right. So I think I take that from I him. have stories, but mine are all at the club. Okay, sorry. That was <laughs> but you know what I mean. No, no, no. I'm a kid running around. I, I like, wish I'd have thought to just stop yeah. and and look, but now I know. Yeah. So my next trip to Kansas City is gonna be a fucking adventure. I can't wait. I mean, yeah, I think we gotta go here. We gotta go here. We gotta go here. I think you'll have. I think. It's I'm gonna me. go back to the um, Union City. Mm -hmm. I gotta go back to the Union Plaza. I want to go see that, and I love the train. I love Kansas, Kansas City. I love you. Big, yeah, like, big warm hug. Big hug. I love you. But yeah, check out the stuff around you, man. I had no idea. I bet a lot of people do. You know, yeah. they're, they're probably smarter than me. <laughs> Running around like a dumb bunny when I was I there. I don't know. I think sometimes, because I do it even as much as someone who, like, mm -hmm. I hear something, I want to, like, yeah. do yeah. the deep dive. Even I can overlook, like, I think that's just part of yeah. Yeah. of being beings in the present. I guess, yeah. yeah. And I was, yeah, definitely that. Yeah, um, you just but, live in the But present, that's man. sad. But it doesn't matter because now I can remedy it. It does not matter. I'm going to remedy that. Because I'm gonna go now, back and look at all now that. we're going to be talking See, about the, the, the Mulebach Hotel. What street is this on? Uh, the Mulebach Hotel. I've so been by this, is, I swear to God. Uh, looking, so I wonder, it's on... Is it still there? Down like on, yeah. It's... Uh, the it, Power it, and Light District? Yeah, Power and Light District. Okay, yeah. Yeah. By the Liberty Memorial. Yep. yep. So we're going to be talking about the Hotel Mulebach. Uh, love that. That's such a fun way. Such crazy German. <laughs> uh, it is a historic building in downtown Kansas City that was visited by every president from Theodore Roosevelt to Ronald Reagan. Wow. Mm -hmm. Reagan. Theodore um, Roosevelt. Yeah. Uh, it's currently operated. Again. As, mm -hmm. Sorry. I'm just saying Theodore Roosevelt's been all over everywhere. Yeah. In Kansas City. He loved that town. It, yeah. I would say yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think is it this place? I think this, I think the Mulebach is now, I think. Built a Mulebach field. Mm-hmm. 
I don't do sports. Is that no, sports I don't either. Anymore? So the property uh, was first the site of the first Baptist church, uh. Uh, which was acquired in 1914 by the Mulebach Estate, um, whose dad, George E. Mulebach Sr., uh, founded Mulebach Beer Company. Wow. Apparently okay. there was a beer company. Which, in St. Louis, we, oh man, I really, we, we need to touch base in St. Louis because I really want us to see the limp uh, brewery and the limp mansion, the limp family. Uh-huh. Apparently they were up there when they first came out with like fucking Budweiser. Oh, wow. Like a huge beer company and then just family tragedy. Like, wow. Why like, not? Anyway, sorry. I'm laughing at this. What is it I'm reading? Which one? On December 5th, 1922, the hotel was the location of the first regular radio program broadcast <laughs> by a band. When Carlton Kuhn and Joe Sanders began broadcasting the performances of their Kuhn Sanders original Nighthawk Orchestra. Woo! Nationwide. Nighthawk. Nighthawk. <laughs> That's um, cool. So, and then it looks like there were, uh, the hotel welcomed so many celebrities, of course. That's the Elvis Presley. Helen Keller, Ernest Hemingway, Babe Ruth, Frank Sinatra, Bob Hope, Elvis Presley, and the Beatles. Wow. And then, of course, the presidents, Theodore Roosevelt, Woodrow Wilson, Calvin Coolidge, and Herbert Hoover, um, while uh, Missouri native Harry S. Truman stayed in the hotel's presidential suite, so frequent that the uh, Mulbach became known as the White House West. Nice. So he stayed there for so long. Wow. Which president? Was it Truman? Truman. It? Yeah, okay. From Very Missouri. Cool. I wonder, like, if I ever got to interview Paul McCartney. And I said, hey, do you remember staying at the Mulebach? <laughs> I wonder if he'd remember. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I wonder how old he was when he stayed there. Had to be a youngin. Had to be a youngin. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1952, a 17-story Western annex called the Mulebach Tower and a parking lot was added to the hotel. And uh, it looks like it was... The hotel was uh, acquired by the Radisson Hotel chain mm-hmm. in 1976, making it their flagship property at the time. As a result, it went, it underwent a $6 million renovation. Mm-hmm. It began operating as the residence Mulebach Hotel before closing a decade later in 1986. Wow. Now, is it still open again now? Mm-hmm. You know? I believe it is open. I remember the sign. I swear I remember that sign. Um, oh, so in 1976, the Marriott <coughs> bought the Mulebach and made it an extension of the Kansas City Marriott downtown. So essentially it just became like another... I, it, I feel like it kind of lost some of its charm. Is that but in, in, 19, oh. in 1990, it looks like they actually imploded the 1952 building. building. Uh-huh. And 1998 built a new modern Mulebach Tower with a similar facade mm-hmm. in its place that met current building code standards. Ah, yeah, so like they were like, <laughs> we can't do this. We can't keep this going. Yeah. We can't keep this going. It doesn't mean this wiring is going to explode. Yeah. yeah. This wiring is going to just cause yeah. fire. Yeah. Um, a sky bridge was also built that connects both hotel buildings on their second floors. I feel like I've been on this. The I 19... I know there's one sky bridge I've yeah. been on down there, but I don't know what buildings... It was, I don't remember what buildings it was connected to. The original mm-hmm. 1915 Mulebox building lobbies and ballrooms were restored to period... 
and are now used as banquet and convention facilities by the Marriott. The original hotel room floors above have been gutted and remain unused. Oh. And it kind of goes on talking about like famous guests and blah, blah, blah. But let's talk about some ghosty stuff. At the Mule Box. At the Mule Box. <gasps> this is the Blue Lady one. I was wondering what this was because I had not heard it. I just saw the Blue Lady and I never got to research yeah. it. Legend says it hosts the Blue Lady, a blonde-haired ghost in her 30s who inhabits the hotel, wearing a blue dress with her hair pinned under a wide-brimmed hat. She has been seen wandering the halls and sitting in the lobby. The Blue Lady is said to be the ghost of an actress who once performed at the old Gaiety Theater, and it is thought to search the mule box for her long-lost lover. Lover. That is not the first mention I've heard of a want-to-be actress or an actress. Looking for her love in a hotel, wandering the halls. I swear to God. No, I, there's Wasn't a lot. Wasn't there of... one other one we did before? Oh. Or two. I want to say there was one or two, but we just like touched them really quick. Yeah, I think we. Just oh, kind of... I know what it was. What's the one? Ah, uh, crap. The town where I was when I went on my big conspiracy theory. Um, oh, when we were in. Um... There was one there at that one. Yeah, the. There was one in the basement or something. Blah, 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 I think. Blah, blah, blah. I don't remember. It wasn't Bothwell, was it? Yeah, no. Bothwell. Was it Bothwell? Okay, I think yeah, so, yeah. It was Bothwell. Yeah, it was Bothwell. Okay. That's the only other hotel that was That's Bothwell. the one there was a story in there about it. Uh, yeah. An actress searching for a lover. A lover. A lover. <laughs> Sorry. So creepy. So cool. Yeah. So I love these old photos. There's black and white photos that are pulling up with this stuff, and it's just... It's very cool. So like, the buildings I are just love, gorgeous. I love these buildings and... So that, sorry. Oh, sorry, no. Is there other ghost stories in there? Or no. Is this pretty much a blue lady? It's just the blue lady. She don't do much? I think she just kind of hangs out. She don't care about anybody but her. Yeah, her she's lover. trying to find her lover. See, Folly Theater, I know I've been around or something. Where's that? I home? love oh, the story know. of this theater. Now, this one, I feel like someone did tell me stories about this place. Really? But I don't remember. The, you know what I mean? I didn't retain. I think the history yeah, of the building is what gets me. Like, I love the history. Like, it's beautiful. I'm, it is. And so it started out as the Standard Theater, but it is now known as the Folly Theater. It looks like it, it was like it's a former vaudeville house. A hall there in downtown Kansas City it was built in the 1900s, um, and it was designed by a local architect. Uh, the theater was associated with the adjoining Edward Hotel, known later as Hotel Missouri, and but the hotel was demolished in this in '65. So the theater was a, it was pretty big. It opened um, in like September 23, 1900, featuring burlesque and vaudeville. Yes, girl. Yes, girl. Um, Love it. Yeah. It, in uh, in 1901, man, fires abound. Back in the day, man. <laughs> in 1901, in a fire at the nearby Coates Opera House caused opera and comic opera performances to be moved to the standard, um, featuring what looked like some pretty famous, uh, like vaudeville actors. Sarah Bernhardt, Richard oh, okay. Neofield, Maude Adams. Yeah. Okay. The theater was changed to the Century in 1902, 
Um, and that's where it looks like there were some more like burlesque type circuits mm. going on. So lots of name changes. It was just like, I think just like a typical theater. Mm -hmm. And it looks like... It wasn't a theater. No. It was just a theater. So, <laughs> sorry. I'm, 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 again, I apologize. I'm kind of chuckling here. So the, the building changed a lot of hands. <laughs> uh, after 1928, business began falling off and the theater was used for touring shows on an intermediate, intermittent basis until it closed in 1932. Uh -huh. After a tax sale, it eventually reopened in 1941 as The Folly, featuring striptease. Nice. Yay, striptease. Yeah. Performers. Performers. I'd give you one pence. <laughs> I mean, they had dollar bills in the 30s. They have dollar bills. Yeah. Or something else. Performers included Gypsy Rose Lee. I've heard the name. She's a pretty... Ooh, gorgeous. She's a... Yeah. She's, she's a foxy fox. Yes. She was a pretty famous... Also an actress, mm -hmm. author, and playwright. You go get mm -hmm. all that, girl. Yes. And Tempest Storm. Wow. That's a name. Also dubbed Is the that a drag queen? queen? <laughs> no, she was... You'd think with that name. Listen. She was dubbed the queen of exotic dancers. Oh, yeah. Look at all I'm saying. Look at that boa. She's one of the best known burlesque performers of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. That's why I've heard the name, okay. Uh, and before the folly closed in January 1974, a chesty gabber. Gabor. <laughs> Gabor. Girl, that is a Gabor. <laughs> like Zsa Zsa. Like I am Zsa. so glad you have a gay friend. I hope you oh, are with man. that. Thank you so much. <laughs> 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 the theater began showing quote unquote adult. Movies like rated the, R, like sexy movies, I, I guess. <laughs> I'm actually that. Apparently, the kind Phoebe Herman liked. I know. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> and that was in the, in the 1969. Apparently, uh -huh. prompting an unknown person to plant a dynamite stick in the drain pipe on December 29th, 1969. Someone tried to blow it up. Wow. That's but why. But they didn't succeed. No, obviously not. Okay, because that would be a shitty way to go. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> watching. How'd your, how'd your son die? In a yeah. theater watching. He was porn. in a Natty movie doing a Pee Wee Herman. He was doing a Pee Wee Herman. Sorry, Pee Wee. I actually love some of your films. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> I think. So in. 1974, the theater's then owners announced that if a new buyer could not be identified by the end of the year, the theater would be demolished to make way for a parking lot. Oh, so sad. They're doing that in Yukon to a theater right now. Oh, they are? It wasn't a dirty theater, though. Um, yeah, no, it's been there, I guess, for a million years. I saw the last current version of Footloose there. I took Michael one of this year. Oh my god. And I have no idea why we went to that theater. I cannot remember why we went all the way to Yukon to see it. But I remember liking the theater. It was an old building. Yeah. It was pretty cool. But yeah, they're talking about, I just saw it on the news tonight. Talking about turning it into a parking lot. Like, man. Well, if someone, can, if someone can get in, a group of local historic preservation activists yes. formed a non-profit, the Performing Arts Foundation, to raise money and purchase and restore the theater. Very cool. The theater was offered for sale at $950,000. Um, they were actually able to raise um, quite a bit of money, and then they negotiated the all the pricing. Uh -huh. um, 
the, to offer the remaining six hundred thousand dollars for the purchase as a donation. Oh, cute. So they were able to convince the, them. Did you yeah. see the National Register of Historic Places? Uh, find the Follies listing on the National Register. Strip the Folly fundraiser. <laughs> yeah, so cute. following the Follies listing. Cute guys, National, I see what you did there. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> a Strip the Folly fundraiser was held featuring Sally Rand, who, who had performed at the Folly. After seven years, a full renovation was completed in 1981, including a construction of an annex. Uh, on the site of the former Edward Hotel. Um, in the fall of centennial year of 2000, a new lobby, restrooms, and second floor shareholders so cool. room was added. Yeah, so it's just a, it's just a cool old theater. Mm-hmm. Um, the mission, it's a, it's a non-profit corporation, uh, is to preserve Kansas City's oldest historic theater as a premier performance venue. Good job, guys. producing and hosting a wide range of quality events. Um, but yeah, they have the Folly produces jazz series, a kids series. Cool. Yeah, so they do a whole lot of different things there. So hooray, the building was saved. Yay. I I like, again, I like the story of that building. And the last one we could have done without. But yeah. The adult movie theater. The adult movie theater. <laughs> Mainly. Well, I mean, you know, they didn't have Google back then, so... <laughs> You gotta go watch the. You gotta go get your <laughs> jollies. <laughs> jollies so with this, I guess the ghost story with this is that many have seen a mysterious male figure in a bowler hat who is believed uh, to be the ghost of the former manager Joe Donegan. Others have seen a woman in a long flowing gown rushing towards the. Rushing towards where? The stage. Ooh. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it used to be a... That's cool. used to be a, you know, a, a theater, like a... But I guess... Well, it looks old-timey enough to have some spirits up in there, for sure. Absolutely. I was just trying to see if there really was cool any jewelry. other kind of stories. Um, do, 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 do. Sorry, I'm just trying what to see. What is that? So this is just a... a the pink lady. I didn't remember you saying that. Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. Sorry. I think it was, that was a nickname that the theater was given. Uh-huh. The pink lady was made. Why have I heard that before? Maybe it's because maybe somebody knew about it and came yeah. and told me. I don't know. I've heard the pink lady before. Yeah. But they, they, this John Dunnigan was the manager of the theater for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the... Um, oh, Joe. Joe Dunnigan. Joe right? Dunnigan, yeah. Mm-hmm. They think that they see him in the... He goes in the bowler hat, yeah. Um, it just seems like there's quite, like, some strange tales. Uh, like I said, the ghostly figure of a woman in a long gown rushing towards the stage as if late for a key. Wow. A lot of... A lot of... I find with, like, theaters, it's a lot of that, like, actresses or former managers, people uh-huh. who are tied... To that, like, yeah. oh, on the stage. Like, yeah. Last cutting call. Wow. Yeah. So that's the Folly Theater. Have you been to the Folly Theater? I don't think so. I don't think so, but I really, really remember somebody. And I always remember the name because I thought it was cool. Yeah. Folly Theater, what's that? But I don't remember ever going there. We're good. Okay. Sorry. Oh, sorry. It's, there's an older episode on there. I can delete it. 
Showing up in the headphones, that's probably weird. It's okay. Mm. So. No, it's not. Okay, we're fine. So, are you ready? Let me get it all ready. For St. Mary's Episcopal Church. Yeah, I'm so excited for St. Mary's. All right, ma'am. I'm sorry about being excited about dead things, but I am excited. I'm sorry. No, so, the story of St. Mary's, and I kind of found a really great article um, from the, the local Kansas City newspaper talking about the history of the building and this priest. Because we kind of just touched on it. Where it barely. Was, yeah. barely. And then your computer died. Then my computer was Spookily. like, Hello. it died. It Spookily. really did die. Pretty it really did, like right on that. That was crazy. So, oh, look at it. It's, oh, wow. This is an old picture. Those are like folding chairs? Mm-hmm. They're yeah. not pews. No. So, wow, it's gorgeous. Yeah, so I got to scroll down here to get to the part because the beginning of it is just like they're talking. I guess they're like sort of celebrating the um, parsonage. Like, I guess it's... Because it is one of... It's like the oldest church. Like, if you look at the pictures of it versus sort of like oh, wow. its location mm-hmm. and then like how it is now not a lot has changed no Kansas City star I don't want to receive news alerts thank you so much uh, get out of here we used to get the Kansas City star you used to get the Kansas City star mm-hmm. so we had, like I said we didn't have Google back then like, we didn't have Google <laughs> so just to start off St. Mary's wasn't always St. Mary's it started off as St. Luke's Mission in 1854. So St. Luke's is a hospital. Right. In Kansas City as well. My mm-hmm. friend was a my friend's dad was a hospital administrator there. And listen, I'm gonna tell you a story really quick. Okay, sure. stop Jeff, sorry. Okay, so he had to do like a film presentation for school. Uh-huh. So he asked me for his help. And the project was El Dorado. Right. And I can't remember why, but his I hope I'm not getting anyone in trouble. His dad let us use the, it was like an autopsy type room. It was a metal table, the whole bit. There was stuff on the walls. Whoa. And I got to lay on the table where they did like a fake autopsy. Really? And it was not, it was not anything good. Right. Trust me. It was bad. But I had hair, which was cool, you know. But, awesome. um, <laughs> but I just remember, and then we ran around the plaza in, West, in Westport, like the, the plaza. It's so, yeah. So pretty. You would love it. Um. And, but we were acting like it was the lost city of gold, like El Dorado. That's that was our El Dorado was the plaza. And then we had mojitos and got really drunk. And I'm pretty sure my friend Ashley, no, my friend Leslie has video of us dancing to soft sell Tina Bob while we were drunk. <laughs> After we got done filming. Like we filmed. Oh, like, and we and one of us dragged an energizer bunny across the front of us while we were in the while really? we were fake acting. Like <laughs> we were like blah blah blah, and then all of a sudden the bunny, and we all just stopped and looked at this bunny, which I think fell over. Like wow, you like, dragging <laughs> it. Oh my but god. We had so much fun. It was a really good time. Hi Jay. Yeah, right. That was so fun. Jay and Carl. Carl was our other friend that was helping us. But yeah, he got an A by the way, and the whole class thought it was hysterical. So. Hey, listen. <laughs> okay, is that him? No, no, no. Oh, wow, because it looks like he's flowing right there. No, no, no. Is... That is the previous Eiffel. Bernard Dog. Yeah. Who helped the Irish to Kansas City. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think there was a big... Bruhaha? Yeah, so there was a big influx of Irish Catholics 
kind of mm -hmm. coming in. And um, a lot of people didn't like the Irish, didn't like mm -hmm. the Catholics here in the U.S. So, um, let me get down here real quick, sorry. It's it's a lot of history. It's in, like Gangs of New York in Kansas City. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the church itself didn't get like a permanent home mm -hmm. until 1867 where it's located now like it is where it's at which yeah. is excuse me so yeah so it's all yeah so kansas city up and coming booming town um it's just growing and growing. Look at all the building. They're yeah. Growing. They're all, all it's just working on the roads. Growing. And it's all, just this cool picture of like yeah. dirt roads and hills being built. and. All the while, this the church is like trying to find a home. So there was a young Episcopal priest named Harry de Jardin uh, who uh, came and took over, uh, appointed as rectors of St. Luke's Mission in 1879. He was among a segment of Episcopal clergy advocating the church's return to Catholic traditions. Because, um, of course, yeah. the Episcopals was a branch of. Yeah. So, the details of Jardin's early life are murky at best. Uh, he was born in Canada around 1841. He was orphaned at a young age and was raised by his older sister and husband in Rochester, New York. Uh, it was there while working in his brother-in-law's trunk factory uh, that a 16-year-old Jardin helped a friend rob the business. Oh. Authorities connected the boys to the crime, and Jardin was convicted and served a, a two-year prison term. He found religion, was admitted to Trinity College in Connecticut, and was introduced to the concept of Anglo-Catholicism. And then he ultimately became the Episcopal Church uh, in 1875, of course, in, yeah. went off to Kansas City. So, so one of his first moves was changing the name from St. Luke's to St. Mary's. It's not known if this caused like an issue, you know, mm -hmm. um, but apparently uh, he became like a really d divisive character. Uh, okay. So, so was he the new school then? Pretty much. He wanted to do the newer type. Yeah. Not, I the think so. not as traditional. I think And everyone so. was advocating for the traditional. Pretty much. Time. Okay. Yeah. And I think he he introduced, I guess, because he, even though he was Episcopal mm -hmm. priest, he geared more towards Catholic, Catholic uh -huh. type tradition. Okay. So basically, you know, adding candles and incense and altar boys okay. and. Um, kind of introducing a more formal, like, confession of sins, like, all of that. So, uh -huh. you have this church that's been going all along, being like, <coughs> yeah, we're Episcopal, yeah, we're whatever, and yeah. then this guy comes in and is like, we're doing it this way. We're doing it old school. Uh -huh. Catholic okay, so style, old yeah. School okay. But, also adding to the controversy was Jardin's reported popularity with the female members of the church. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, quote, among the men, he had a, the, the faculty of arousing bitter antagonisms. Wow. Uh, be it, it because of that, the anti-Catholic sentiment, or simply negative reactions to change, uh, 
people left the church. And um, a newspaper editor of the Kansas City Times, John T. Shea, really went out of his way to like tear this guy down. Really? Went out didn't of like him for some reason. No. And there, and I'm showing Jeff a photo of Father okay. Henry D. Jodon. That's a strange part there, but yeah. So two things kind of escalated the uh, tensions. Uh, the publication of a pamphlet attacking Jardon's character and the excommunication of two members of the church for attending services while hammered. Fucking showed up drunk to church. <laughs> you know, spirit comes in lots of ways. <laughs> so when the, when the charges in the pamphlet eventually found their way into Shay's newspaper, he was also excommunicated. Wow. Yeah, so he's like, get the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. Excommunicated. So basically, the the whole the whole thing he did was basically kind of expose his past. Mm -hmm. So Jailbird Jardin ran in, uh, that was the title of the article, ran in 1885 and details the priest's crime and prison sentence. Uh, just, I just really want to stop real yeah. quick with the whole excommunicated thing. Yeah. Currently, that's really sucky. Yeah. Back then, that is super sucky because it's a smaller amount of people. It's a smaller group. I'm sure it's a large group still. Right. Group, but it's still so much smaller. And I know my friend in Kansas City yeah. <laughs> at the restaurant we worked at came out and he was Mormon. He yeah. got excommunicated. Yeah. And it was horrible. And I, of course, am like, well, what do you need yeah. these people for? Because I had such a supportive family. Right. And not thinking, you know, of course, because I'm young and dumb. Yeah. That would be horrible. You couldn't yeah. talk to anybody. Like, yeah. even his own parents would barely talk to him. It was terrible. Yeah. So whenever you bring up, ex when people bring excommunication, I've seen someone go through that, and it's actually pretty fucking ugly. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. I can't, sp I know from or what i Or can be, heard. I guess. Maybe it's not always, yeah. but... From what I saw, it was really rough on him. Like, yeah. I was really upset for him. You know, plus we were younger, so it was very traumatic. Because yeah. everything's traumatic when you're younger. But but I'm sure, you know, it's it sucked. I was like, you know, yeah. like I said, I'm like, well, what do you need these fucking people for anyway? If they don't yeah. accept you for who you are. But it's not like that, exactly, you know? No, I think, so, I think, I, I, and I can't speak because I am neither... Episcopal, or Catholic, or anything, really. Mormon, or anything, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like there are different definitions, maybe, of, of how that... Of excommunication. Because, like, if you're excommunicated, my understanding, like, with the Catholic Church, if you're excommunicated from the Church, they're just basically like, eh, you're not Catholic, you're not saved. Like, you can still talk to us, but, but goodbye. Mm. If you're excommunicated. That, okay. So it's, it's, I think it's kind of like maybe what happened, and I could be totally uh, my brain. But still, church is where you go to network. Yeah. It's where you go to do all that. Oh, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Just, so, yeah. like, the retaliation of uh, the newspaper guy, Shay, would be like, well, let's just spill some fucking dirty secrets yeah. on this guy. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I yeah. Mean, so, basically, the screw first. Screw you guys. <laughs> You're gonna ask, communicate me. Watch this. Yeah. So <laughs> that one ran, and then six days later, uh, he followed. Um, he followed with an article called Jardin's Jollities that levied new charges of immoral acts with 
parishioners, many during private confessions. In one case, the priest was said to have been caught spanking a young lady in a state of undress with a slipper as a form of penance. Wow. That's in the Bible, (laughs) y'all. It's in there. No, it is. Spank is true. Yeah. Are you getting Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, there was, like, some really big, like, back and forth. The Times continued their assault while the newspapers across the country reported on this fight. Like, other newspapers were like, take a look at these guys. Uh, yeah. What's going on? So, um... So, it was a very... It was like someone having a... Two popular people on Google having a fight or something. Yeah. And, um... He attempted to clear his name, mm-hmm. Jardon did, by bringing up libel charges against Shay and the Times. Mm. The courts were dismissed, the court citing Jardon's inability to conclusively disprove the charges against him. Wow. They were like, whatever, dude. Mm. Prove it. Which is so strange. I don't know. I don't think that can get too far nowadays. Yeah. In regards to sort of libel suits. So. And it drew poor little picture. Kind of made him look like a baby. Yeah. Like it looks like him, but they made him. Yeah. They made him not. They made him look bad. Yeah. I find find that looking back at like newspaper articles, Mm -hmm. like cartoonists, Mm -hmm. like those cartoons back, those kind of political or Mm -hmm. social commentary uh, kind of cartoons mm-hmm. they were so like they were hardcore yeah they were so yeah. hardcore <laughs> like let's make them look like a really nasty yeah. person yeah yeah they're very I feel like that's like a missing art that you <laughs> it needs to come back yeah like well, yeah like all the like political cartoons you see now it's just like ugh, whatever yeah but I don't know. There, there was I don't know. For me, there just seemed to be a little bit more like, like art. I don't know. Snarky. So the, anyway, there's no more snark in there. Yeah. So, um, let me see where we're getting this. I don't want to get too long because I want to get to the ghost room. Basically, he he returned to services. Everyone was like, "Oh, is he going to leave services on Sundays or whatever?" <laughs> he showed up apparently. Um, so sprinkled among the worshippers at mass that morning uh, were the best uh, the vestrymen's of St. Mary's pistols at their sides. Some attendees spied members of St. Patrick's Catholic Church in the crowd showing solidarity against anti-Catholic forces. Father Jardin finally arrived in full Anglo Anglo-Catholic regalia and he led him, he led his usual high church services. Mm-hmm. He wore a revolver during that service as well. Wow. So he was all this of this is so Jesus-y to me. It's such an interesting story. It, it really is. It really is. So I actually could see a, a small Netflix film on this or something would be really cool to watch. I bet. Right. So I, it sounds like um, in response to the charges in the Times, um, basically an ecclesiastical, I'm assuming church court, uh-huh. um, was convened to sort of review like the charges against him, basically yeah. about the inappropriate behavior. So it took over a little over a month to find Jardin guilty of inappropriate behavior uh-huh. with female parishioners uh-huh. and a habitual use of 
uh, chloroform. Wow, <laughs> what? He used chloroform. He had a habitual use of chloroform, a drug that priest was known to use for treating chronic pain. Would he just say sniff this? Sniff this? I guess so. He was to be removed. Yeah, he was. Re- he was to be removed from his priestly functions, though the verdict wouldn't be announced immediately. I'm so sorry. I keep seeing today on people's court Judge Jesus. I just, it just keeps popping. <laughs> it just Jesus. keeps popping in my head. There, I threw it out there. Sorry. No, I, I love you. Love it. No bit. So um, <laughs> when the motion. <laughs> yeah. So basically. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Sorry. <laughs> That's what Judge Judy Court said. <laughs> so he essentially he Jardin went to appeal the decision. Mm-hmm. He went to St. Louis. Uh, staying at the Trinity Church as a guest of Father George C. Betts, Jardin got word that the Ecclesiastical Convention would be announced back in Kansas City on January 9th. So he's in St. Louis on January 5th. Okay. Being like, I need, I need, I need you guys to fix this shit. Yeah. I didn't yeah. do this. So the next morning, Betts was preparing for the morning services at Trinity Church when he discovered Jardin apparently sleeping in the, uh, Sacristary? I don't know what that is. Mm. Um, when Beth attempted to wake him, he was horrified and discovered that Jardin was dead, a handkerchief over his face, and a small bottle of chloroform at his side. Around his waist was an old rusty iron chain, wielded together as a presumed act of eternal penance. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. Wait, I'm just getting this image. So he did it to himself? Apparently there's the idea that his, it was arranged a suicide. Apparently. It was what? Arranged? It arranged. I didn't mean to say arranged. Oh. It was determined. It feels really murdery to me. Sorry. Yeah. So that's that's what and it was. And why I believe, why that kicks to me is because he fought so hard. Too. Do you know what I mean? And people who usually have that much gumption mm-hmm. just don't usually go to it. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Nah, of course I could be wrong, but I'm just like my read on him from just what I've heard. Yeah, he wouldn't do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He He would just. Yeah, he was a, and you know, I think he probably thought he could win. I don't know. I don't know the whole story, obviously, but. um, Right. So even even his death uh was a controversy. Yeah. Because so saying okay so a lot of yeah. people thought that so the okay. press debated whether it was like accidental like he accidentally overdosed yeah. on chloroform or it was a suicide because he used it for pain right is that what you said yeah okay uh, the medical examiner in St Louis who uh, kind of is doubts mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think it was a suicide blah 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 uh, and but the bishop though ruled his death a suicide so the uh, bishop of the church wow. said his death was a suicide. And uh, his Jardin's enemy saw the act and the final admission of guilt. Ah, uh, of course he did. Of course he did. Of course. So, um, but yeah, and then like you said, like all his supporters Bruce were like, yeah, and, they yeah. were like, there's a lot of stress. Like, this is a lot of stress. Uh-huh. So they were thinking, you know, which led him to maybe unintentionally OD. Um. Yeah. So, um. And they also, because they pointed out, and he his, didn't leave a note. Either. In his journals, no. In his journals, yeah, they, they and made, he kept journal. Yep. Uh, basically, his last known letter he had written, he made no hint of suicide or guilt, but instead expressed his resolve 
To fight it. Fight. To fight it. Dude. <laughs> I wonder if, well, I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> right. And the bishop concluded it was a suicide. Yes, the bishop was like, suicide. And wait, what year was all of this? This was in 1890... Something or other. Something or other. Oh, no, it was um, 1886. And all of this was done with big Irish accents, right? Probably. Okay, cool. I'm ready. I'm ready for someone to adapt this story for me to watch, please. Yes. And put some good actors in it that can actually do an accent. Or just get some Irish actors. Get some Irish actors. Yes, just get some Irish actors. Get some Irish actors. <laughs> please and thank you. <laughs> Ooh, pretty. Yeah, so I'm looking so... Oh, I'm sorry, I just want to look at that picture. <gasps> yes, gorgeous. So, looking for the ghost stories, because they do actually mention it here in this little article. I just have to find it. I scrolled right by it. Sorry. Okay. Well, no, we just backed the car up. Back it up. Backing up the old rust bucket. Back it up, back it up, back it up. Um, He is, um, if Chardon had committed suicide, he couldn't be buried in consecrated gown. Mm -hmm. And certainly not as church leaders wanted beneath the altar of the new church. Mm -hmm. His remains were quietly moved to... In 1892, Elmwood Cemetery remaining there until a few of his uh, living supporters lobbied successfully to have them interred in conservated St. Luke's burial ground. See, to me, that's the weirdest part of the whole story. You just move bodies around. What do you just put him in the ground? Fuck. Yeah. It's just weird. I don't get it because I'm not part of that culture. <laughs> right. Obviously. So, no disrespect intended, but. It's just strange. You can't be buried here. Right. It's you like know. the whole, like, yeah, because... Like, they're normal. dead. What are they going to do? Make trouble? <laughs> Come on, guys. I mean, yes. And then, that's not very Jesus-y. Sorry. I'm no. going to say it. No. It's, it's not very Jesus-y. Yeah. That's really judgy. <laughs> very judgy. I'm <laughs> agreeing with that. Yes. Right. So, ghostly reports arose and persisted at St. Mary's. Parishioners claimed sensations of being watched as they pass through the building alone at night. They've said they detect the smell of incense, like that used in mm-hmm. Jardin's high mass ceremony. Mm-hmm. That he brought in. There's one account in the 1990s of a longtime church member stopping to check on something at night and from the parking lot, seeing what appeared to be a floating figure on the church's second floor. Mm-hmm. Second floor. Second floor. Second floor. An investigation found the entrance to the floor Locked, but unexplained noises emit in coming from behind the door. So the door is locked, and they're still in there, and like they're hearing all the. Uh-huh. Yeah. One church member decided to look further, arriving at the church one night with an electromagnetic field detector and EMF. That was a church member. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, according to this ghost hunter, the meter was calm while moving up the stairs, but began buzzing like an electric razor as he neared the second floor. Later, as he neared the area of the altar, once planned as Chardon's final resting place, the meter sprang to life again. Photographs of the altar apparently revealed a priestly figure carrying a candlestick. And of course we don't Ooh. have that. Where's yeah. that picture? Come on, I don't man. know. Hi. That's not cool. Second floor. Can we discuss? Yeah. The hell? Is that just spirit level? I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a spirit level, uh, right? 
Uh, but apparently, um, in uh, 1949, a uh, someone took the story of Chardon and made it into a fictional story called The Chain. Uh huh. Yeah. That was the chain that was wrapped around him. Yep. We need to redo it for Netflix. I'm telling you. Mark, I get on that. And I'm telling you, this church looks exactly the same um, from what it is then to what it is currently. That's crazy. So, that is safe. (laughs) Wow. Isn't that fun? Wasn't that a good story? That's crazy. That a good story? The whole form is so weird. The stuff people used to do for drugs and stuff. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, you see that, I think it's just like maybe like what's available. Sure, no, we're yeah. being sold a snake oil. They didn't really understand drugs, a lot of it, that stuff. Because no. the stuff that I read, and the and Poisoner's Handbook, if you haven't read this book, I swear to God, please read it. Mary Roach is a peach. I love this, <laughs> I love this woman. I could, I could read her talk about, I could read her talking about Anything. Yeah. Like anything. She has a book called The Secret Lies of Human Cadavers. Yeah. She's got more books. She's super cute. She's adorable. She's funny. Her prologue, like before the books, yeah. is the best. Like, yeah. and I'm just going to talk this up because seriously, if you haven't read Poison Sand book, I can't believe they haven't made a film out of this. Yeah. It's so amazing because it's about the two guys who invented basically forensic science. Yeah. How it is, how it is today. Yeah. So yeah. I know we've talked about this before, but like yeah. the, um, you know, anybody could be like a chief medical whatever. Oh, like yeah, sign yeah, up yeah. on whatever, like the lumberjacks. Could yeah, just yeah. Be like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was the chief medical examiner. Yeah. And yeah. he's so, like, but they down. developed that whole system. Yeah. Um, of detecting poisons. Right. Carbon monoxide poisoning, like yep. you were saying, fires. Mm-hmm. Carbon monoxide poisoning was a big killer, they think, but you can't really yeah. know before all that testing. And then they were the first folks that I think were able to use forensic evidence in court. They actually oh, use yeah. yeah. Somebody make this movie. <laughs> I don't want to put the work into it. I want to watch somebody who's better like, than me listen, in historical stuff and just... I don't want to. Enjoy the crap out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. But all this stuff, like, come on. What, there should just be a whole thing on... There should, uh, we could make a series on Kansas City of ghost stories. You really could. You There's could. There's a lot of stuff. I wonder what you would call it. Like, if you did a... If you did like a TV series on Kansas City, like it could be fictional, yeah. but just have all these old, really cool buildings and yeah. shit in there. I don't know. Somebody do this stuff. I'm ready um, to just, I'm ready to binge. I'm ready to binge watch it, man. Like I'm ready take, to watch it all. Take my money. Take my money. <laughs> take my money. Take my money. So, one more thing. So cool. One more thing. <coughs> Let's see. This is my last thing, and it wasn't planned. Uh-huh. But I was listening, I was catching up on my podcasting mm-hmm. listening, and it's been a while since I listened to the last podcast on the left. Uh-huh. So I was like, let me see where I'm at. And they have what's called like gold star episodes. Uh-huh. Like basically, those are sort of like the really heavy, really heavy hitter uh-huh. serial killer stuff. And I remember I thought, and I apologize for this. Uh-huh. BTK, uh-huh. he was not in not Kansas. Kansas City. He was in Wichita. And I remember, and I should have caught it. I was tired because I, I remember like where you, we had that conversation. No, it was um, shit. So um, I want to see if you know who uh, Kansas City. Casey. No. no, hold on, stop. He fucking what's his name is playing him in a movie, right? Or is that Casey? 
So no, I, Jack Efron is getting ready to play. No, that's pun. No, that's not. Bundy. What is it? It's not Bundy. It's not Bundy. Okay. <laughs> I can't so, remember his name. Listen, we <coughs> used to live around Excuse the corner me. from that little gay bar he haunted, or yeah. whatever. So oh, really? we lived right around the corner. So this yeah, is not that. On Charlotte. So what this is, and it is. Have you heard of Bob Bordella no. or the Kansas City Witcher? Okay, I'm not going to go into the story. Okay, we'll get that. Because... We're going to do a part three episode? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm not going to go into... Because that's not... I mean... Not really what we're saying. Not really what we're... We don't like the gore, gore, gore. No, no, no. It's pretty pretty intense. If you want to check it out, and you can hate another serial killer in Kansas City, I don't know. But the reason I'm mentioning it Uh was because I listened to the episode on last podcast... And again, he was um, a fucking monster, and he deserved to what he got, where he died of a heart attack in fucking jail. Go fuck yourself, Bob Riddell, rotten hell. Yeah. Sorry, but wow. Um, look that up on your own. But it's his house. Uh-huh. So his house was what got me, and I had to look it up to verify. So he his house sat between. Basically, they, they bulldozed his house. Uh-huh. And they just split the property between, like, the houses on the other side. Wow. So you can see where his house originally was and uh, versus, like, now it's, like, the neighbor wow. on one side. I'm uh, completely confused. Uh, and the house on the other side is, like, they built a garage. Uh-huh. Where was he? There's, see that space there? Which street is that? That was his house, Charlotte Street. We lived on Charlotte. That's the one. Oh Bobby, my God. you should tell me this story. This must be the one that he was talking about. It's... He used to creep me out with this. Okay, okay. We lived on Charlotte, 3008 Charlotte. This Look is, it up. Hold on. This Google is Earth 4315 it. Charlotte. Okay, we lived on 3008 Charlotte. Sorry, no one lives there that I know now. Um. Okay, oh, we gotta Google Earth it. <gasps> Stop freaking out right now. Because Bobby would be like, you know, there was a serial killer. And I'd be like, Stop yeah. it, Bobby, stop it. I remember he's like, no. freaking out with this. But I, for some reason, thought it was one of the, the gay ones. It, yeah. I he, thought it was. Um, he was, uh, he, Bob Berdella. And again, I'm not gonna get into sort of the details if you but want. But when he go to this club and they had these back rooms or something, you could rent a room. So. Who was that? I don't know who that was, but I can say, like, basically, this guy, he's horrible. I'm just telling you. He basically... Some crazy shit's gone down in Kansas. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, so... There were... I remember when I lived there, they found a body in the river every week. I told you, I think it was, like, number five or something in the (laughs) worst crime rate or whatever when, when I lived there for a while. I got mugged there three times. Oh, my God, the street is just, like, so... Yeah, so you live down the street. Uh huh. From. That's so fucking weird. From the house. It even looks like that. That's what the porch yeah. is kind of like. And man, it's, that almost looks exactly like the house. Yeah, so essentially the house is gone and then they split yeah. the land. The city split the land and then, like, I guess, like, one by guy. That is so crazy. Yeah. And these were all, listen, these houses, this house had, like, those old, cool stained glass windows and spots. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there were three stories so this, there was this huge attic up here that's where yeah. I lived and then um, Bobby and Jeff were here and there was an office and then downstairs was a swim thing and then there was a basement 
They were like four story homes. Yeah, this they guy, really cool. how he was eventually caught, I mm-hmm. will tell you this part. Um, how he was eventually caught was one of his victims did actually get away. Uh-huh. He was able to, I guess, trick him into like doing whatever. Uh-huh. And he he jumped and he basically fell like escaping uh-huh. from the second floor. Yeah, I remember this story. Sprained his ankle yeah. and was basically running down the street naked with a dog. <coughs> With a broken leg, yeah. I remember somebody it's telling me this. It's pretty like, intense, and again, last podcast on the left. It's check it's it dark. out on that one if, if you if, want the darker. Yeah. If you want the darker, they do. It is comedy. I was gonna say they do put some comedy in there. They don't do any of the victim stuff like that. It's all about ripping the veil away from the and just showing who these guys, who the who the monsters really are. They don't do any type of like victim blaming or, or anything like that. So I'm trying to find a picture of the old house. I'm so sorry. So yeah, but that's, uh, I wanted to I share remember. that last little bit about what I found out in Kansas City. Randomly. So. Is this it? I think this is it. That's all I got? I, I'm sorry guys, I'm so distracted now by <laughs> Charlotte Street. And I just, this has got to be it. Because we, yep, we used to hang out on the porch. This is it right there. Nice. That's just fucking weird. The house was really cute. Um, but yeah, stained glass in there, and there was one little window on the inside. Yeah. You um, lived down so the. Pretty. You lived uh, a block away from a serial killer. Sounds pretty awesome. What year was he? He was active from nineteen eighty two to nineteen eighty six, eighty seven. Just missed him. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you like <laughs> no, you legit. I graduated like, whatever, in eighty eight and moved to Kansas City. Whatever Bobby yeah. told you about uh-huh. him was probably really accurate because yeah, this yeah. guy, he did a lot. I just, for some reason, thought Cause they he were stopped all... at gay bar. There was a gay bar down the street. And it was a weird gay bar. Like it was one, I went yeah. in there one time and was just like, no. <laughs> um, and, and listen, I can put up with some weirdness. That was not the kind of weird I liked. So yeah. there, there were like, you could go in back rooms or something. No, he it was would, very strange. He would and take, I know there was some guy that did that in he would take some them. other time maybe. Without getting into too much of the gory details, he would bring them uh-huh. back mm-hmm. to his house. I guess. Like I had him confused with everybody else. You need, I just yeah. didn't remember his name. It was John. What was it again? John? Bob Bordella. Bob Bordella. Okay. So, again. Crazy. Just be careful what you look up because I was just trying gory. to find the house. I accidentally came across because some like so, police photos. <laughs> so, I'm trying to think. What the name of that boy? That's it. That's our old house. That's good. I don't remember it being that until I saw it closer and I yeah. remember the red and the yeah. around the edges. But it's like literally walk down the street, mm-hmm. go over a block or two, I think, and that's where the bar was on the corner. Yeah. He had a he had like a shop of apparently a pretty called Bob's Bazaar Bazaar. Uh huh. Like yeah, yeah, where he, like it was like weird. But he was very like out. Like people knew him. Yeah, he was. He they were just like. Joe. Yeah, he was. He was out. Yeah. So he decided at a very during like the seventies. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm coming out. He mm-hmm. was a gay man. He was out. He so was that must be the boy. guy. Okay. Yeah. I just so, but everyone just thought he was like, eh. It's just, I can't remember where everybody's from because I don't really follow serial killers because I don't like all those photos. No, it's no, no. Pretty, I don't do that. I, yeah, it's I pretty, listen to the stories. I don't. Yeah. do any of that other stuff but I just thought that was like it clicked in my head where I'm like but I do remember, I'm not BTK I, I do remember Bobby telling me yeah. that stuff so that's where his house used to sit there and like there's the garage that's 
the name breaks That's out. That's crazy. Yeah. So there it is. That was part two of Kansas City. So, what so, did we learn about Kansas City? It's crazy as fuck. And yeah. Underneath the belly. It's also fun as fuck. Yeah. But you gotta know, this house is a house that I had a lot of experiences in. Oh, that's right. So yeah. This whole little neighborhood. <laughs> I when I had my bad time with the carbon monoxide poisoning and all of that craziness. Um when I needed to recover, yeah. my dad was like, No, you're too messed up and he yeah. thought I was just doing drugs or right. But there was other stuff going on with the carbon dioxide poisoning and all that stuff. Bobby and Jeff moved me into this house and I lived in that attic. Yeah. And that's where I recovered. But it was really trippy there. Yeah. It was a very strange time. And so I just remember telling the stories and Bobby would talk about that, that killer guy. dude. Yeah, the Kansas City. Yeah, and I remember just being and then I just kind of pulled myself out of whatever fog I'd been yeah. in from all of that stuff happening. Um, and did okay. Man, I should have gone back and sued that guy. But, you know, when you're sick and you don't know it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you don't know. So, anyway, deeper stuff. Sorry. Um, but, <laughs> but I love Kansas City. It's not a bad memory place for me. No. Honestly, God, there were way more fun know. memories. and Yeah. Uh, lots of cool people. Um, you know, just had a really good time there. Learned a lot of cool stuff and met weirdos and fun people yeah. and lots of fun uh, clubs and just, you know, after hours bars yeah. and shit like that. Um, Kenny's newsroom, total shout out, carpet on the walls. I doubt it's there anymore, so I'll just say it. They took food stamps. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> I didn't need them, but I know other folks needed a drink and just, Man, yeah. they took it. Some lady used to go in there with a tuku. Nice. It was a shag wall carpet. Yeah. The walls were shag carpet. I think that's the first time I heard Roxy music on yeah. the jukebox. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That was a cool place. I've got to take you to Kansas City. We have to go for real. Now that we know all this stuff, especially. Yeah. Because I can drive you to a lot of the shit. Yeah. And if I can't, Krista can't, my friend Krista. Yeah. we got to go see Krista and Lori because they'll be all into this shit. We'll oh, throw yeah. them in the car and be like, go star. <laughs> But yeah. Spooky, spooky. So weird. Yeah. With a lot of, I'm pretty sure there's always more. With a city that big, that old, with so much history. You know, there's tons of stuff there you don't even know yeah. about. You know, that will never be on top. But it yeah. was pretty, and I'm not knocking Kansas City, but it was pretty crime-ridden when I was there. Yeah. I remember, I remember there was a bar literally a block away when I lived in these apartments um, that was just probably a mile over from Charlotte mm -hmm. and um, I remember people talking about somebody being missing yeah. and then they found him dead or something he'd been murdered or something yeah. it was crazy That it's a pretty intense little area yeah. and you gotta be careful what area you're in Yeah, it's like um, now I don't know what it's like now I feel like they've made a lot of improvements Yeah, they did the so I don't remember it ever being called the power and light district but in that the few years back Mm -hmm. My brother started using that term, and I was like, the what? He's like, Power and Light District, you know, down there by blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, I think it was Crown Heights Mall and stuff. And I was yeah. like, okay, I didn't know it was called that. Yeah. You know, so maybe it, it was forever. Yeah. I don't know, but it wasn't as popular. Yeah. And I so, think it could be sort of, it sounds like it's like if it's Power and Light, it could be like that is 
like Bricktown's equivalent. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So I think it's some stuff like that. It's yeah. a cool arrangement. When you yeah. see it, it's all just like you can hit the plaza. Yeah. Then you hit Westport. Mm-hmm. You go a little further. Then you hit Union Station. Yeah. And then you're down in all that other stuff. Yeah. And you can go take that free train. Yeah. Get off on whatever district you want to get yeah. off on. It's free. Yeah. How fun is that? You can shop all day, and then you end up at the farmer's market where there's usually bands playing and yeah. stuff like that, and Aww. cool shot. That's where I got Jonathan's wood chime. Yeah. Ghosty story. Yeah. Right there. We'll, we'll stop right there. But yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the wood chimes. Yeah. That he wanted. That's where I got those. Was at that farmer's market after he'd already passed away. Yeah. I just felt like I never got those for him, so I got them. Then yeah. you can hear them in the yard now. Aww. It's really cool. Yeah, no, I love it. Like, um, anyway, so. Yeah, I don't even know how to end this because I'm still just like, I want to hang out in Kansas City more. I told you I miss it. I know. I miss Kansas City. You have a lot of fun there. A lot of fun there. I love OKC too. Yeah. But, um, and I'm sure all my friends are busy with kids and oh, whatever else. Sorry, but, speaking of, did you know, like, <coughs> like Britain Road here in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. did you know that there used to be a Britain, Oklahoma? No. No, apparently that my I this again, conversations with my dad. Uh, I don't know how he finds out this stuff. We need to bring your dad on the show. Oh, my God. <laughs> For an Oklahoma City. So, my dad, and we're not even from, like, Oklahoma. He's got to know all the stuff. <laughs> he knows all of it. <coughs> Excuse me. So, apparently, there used to be, a, like, an unincorporated town called Britain, mm-hmm. Oklahoma, uh-huh. in the 50s. Oklahoma City annexed it. Wow. Yeah, so there used to be like a We're school. We're little Steelers here. Man, so is Edmund. Uh-huh, Boomer Sooner. Yeah, yeah dude. exactly. They're like, wow. Yeah, so apparently there was Guthrie, like... Guthrie, we gonna steal your seal. Boomer Sooner, we gonna grab some land. What? I'm just saying. <laughs> I just thought that was really... I just <laughs> and that's why my British accent is so good. I'm just gonna say that. Because I'm from Britain, Oklahoma. Britain... <laughs> Britain. 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 Yeah, but apparently it's B R I T T O N. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. apparently, yeah, it was out there, and my dad said there used to be like like abandoned. I don't know if there. Of course, there's nothing there. No. Now, because that whole like area, like that's way out there. Oh, we stole the post office, probably. Probably oh, so. I mean, <laughs> damn! I was gonna tell my dad to be like, you know, I've realized that doing this podcast, a lot of towns in Oklahoma. Set up by post office. office. <laughs> but I totally slipped my mind. Because then we started talking about Mears, Oklahoma, apparently having the best burger in the country. Really? So, yeah. It's like. We need to go. There's nothing there except for this place. No, that's okay. I'm yeah. alright with that. I'm alright with that. Apparently. What's it called? Uh, it's the just, burger place. It's just called Mears. There was some place between Bartlesville <laughs> and our farm, our farm in Coffeeville, Kansas. Oh, no, this is down. And it was um, called Bliss Burger. Now I'm going to tell my story. Okay, tell your story. Let me tell you, I've never had a better burger. And then they would bring you a malt. Holy Jesus. And it was those burgers that, like, they put them on the grill. Not the grill, but on the flat top. Yeah. And they fall apart at the edges. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Why don't people make burgers like that anymore? Jesus, they're so I don't good. know. I saw you look up Mears, Oklahoma, hamburger, and you'll see these burgers. Oh, they yeah. are ginormous. And the building itself is actually, it's funny, it's more like an outpost. Mm-hmm. Just like this, there no one lives in mirrors. It's mm-hmm. an, it gets, again, it's an unincorporated building, but the building that's there 
is on the National Registry of cool. Historic Sites. And you're like, I told my dad that, and he's like, he saw it, he's like, what? And I was like, I wish reading that, what the internet says, Dad. I'm going to tell you, I wish so much <laughs> that we could really take this trip. One day Like, we'll. go to Guthrie, just start, like, here's where we live, do all the haunts around here. Yeah. And then, hey, Kansas, I'm about to just buy videotape and buy a 7-Eleven gas card and just ask for gas cards for Christmas. <laughs> like, we got places to go. And then grab um, Chris's car. He has this old auntie's car. And the original, like, title and everything, that old Plymouth Fury. Yeah. Let's just hop on that puppy. Let's hop on the Fury, man. <laughs> Let's go to Guthrie so, and so we'll cool. vlog. That'd be so cool. We'll wear our little hankies that blow yeah. up the window with our cat eye glasses. Oh my god, the images on <laughs> But I our scars must be long. Yes. And flowing out the window. Absolutely. And I told my dad I wanted to go up to Skeety, and my dad's like, I want to see Skeety too. I'm like, that'd be fun. Skeety. I remember Skeety. Yeah. That was the bridge one, right? No. No, yeah, I think so. Yeah, the bridge went out. Yeah, and yeah. The, there wasn't. I, yeah. I remember. I remember now. Yes. Wow, that was like episode two or three oh. or one, maybe. Even. No, 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 no. Not one? I think it was like episode four. Well, that far in? Mm-hmm. Wow. We are just rambling. I we don't are know. rambling. This, this is why I'm going to cut the end a little bit on this. We show. are going to probably cut it, I think. Do this stuff. Nowhere USA Pod. Yes, we are at Nowhere USA Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at Nowhere USA. If you message us, we will say hello. We love to talk. Guys, if we see it, if I mi- I saw that I missed one one time and was like, ah, hi. Okay, like, wait, hello. Yeah, um, I think we're going to You can look here <coughs> on Patreon. I apologize. Patreon is kind of bare. I'm going to get on there, try and work on it, make it look super fucking cool. Um, <laughs> then She need to come over here. We need to do that one day. I know. We can do that. And then, yeah, we have a couple t-shirts and a sweatshirt over on teespring.com. We have to put a link up for that. We do. Because I can't. When I go to Teespring, I can't just type in Nor You Say. Nope. I'll find it. I'll get the link. I'll put it on our Instagram. I think it's a cool little shirt. I like it. I like it. I like it. But, yeah. And then I already mentioned Patreon. You like what we do. Want to keep gas in the old rusty bucket. We'd appreciate it. Yes. And, yeah. That's all I have to say. That's it. That's it. We are going to end this episode because we could talk all night. We could talk all night, and I know that I gotta get home. Alright. Alright. Stay weird, y'all. Stay fucking weird, (laughs) y'all. Night. Good night,